Hello, that works. How are you all? I had two of these last week, if you remember, because I had like Bibles spread out and things. Just one today. How is everyone? How's your shoulder mat? But it's, you know, I saw that you got a shirt on the other day all by yourself, so that's a big, that's a big thing. Yeah, I've dropped something. That's a very special bookmark. See, very fancy. All right. Who can remember what we were talking about last week here? Quite a few of you weren't here. Faith. We were talking about faith. And... I am going to do a bit of a recap, but let's just do a bit of a quiz. Uh Can you remember what we talked about? About faith? We answered one question. What is faith? Who can remember what faith is? It's not hope, because hope is a fruit of faith. Good one, Cam. Corinne. Yeah, exactly. She nailed it. Good on you, Corinne. She is brilliant at taking notes. You are one of the most amazing students of the word that I know. So yeah, we talked about last week how um, faith is being fully persuaded about what God says, about what he is doing. And we looked in the scriptures about... um, What that's like, we looked at the faith of the centurion that said to Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house to heal my servant. I just know who you are and I know you're going to do it. Just say the word and he'll be here. What's that noise? Clicking? Ah, Can you cope if I do one earring on and one earring off? Because I don't know how else to do this. Sorry, I just heard a clicking noise. and You coping? All right, messing with our sense of needing, needing order. Okay, we talked about how faith is the doorway for heaven to invade earth. Why is that? Because we went back to Genesis 1 where we looked at the way that God set up the earth, like the laws that he set up, not the do, do not laws, but the laws like the laws of earth, like gravity, for example. That's a law of the earth. It's not a do or a do not law. One of the laws that God put into place when he created the earth is that he actually put man and woman in charge of the earth. He said, you're going to rule over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. And he gave us the authority over the earth realm. Now, that was when we were in covenant with God. And then, of course, Satan came along and Adam and Eve kind of chose to believe him and, you know, broke covenant with God. And that allowed chaos to enter the world. But Satan did not get the keys. He did not get the authority over the earth realm, but he got our permission to have influence over the earth realm. But then Jesus comes along and saves us, brings us back into connection with God through his death and resurrection. And now we can be in covenant with God again. And so now we can rule the earth on behalf of the Father again. Because God needs a spirit-filled man or woman to allow the plans of heaven to invade the earth. Does that make sense? Yes. Awesome. 
Excellent. So he needs a man or woman in agreement with him that's also in relationship with him. And that agreement is called faith. So that's why that's super important. We also acknowledged last week that there can be some barriers to our faith and they come in the areas of our heart. Um, And that's why the heart journey is so important and that's why we do talk about it a lot. And we've been doing some Elijah House stuff. We've got one coming up again in October. So if you're not doing any of that and you want to, then come and talk to us about it. But, um, you know, when faith is a matter of the heart, then the barriers in our heart are going to create barriers to us being fully persuaded, right? And so that's why dealing with the things, the stuff that Jesus already paid for and died for is really important because um, they will create blockages. And, you know, some of those things are just the way that we've grown up. Like even those of us who have grown up in the most perfect time will still have some bitter roots, we'll still have some inner vows that go on that create those barriers to ultimately believing fully who God is and what he can do and it creates barriers in our faith. So that's why dealing with that is really important. Apart from that, the reason that we go for dealing with all that barrier stuff is because Jesus already died for it on the cross and we're supposed to experience that, right? To have freedom and joy. So it's not just so we can be in faith. Okay, So today is how do you get faith and how do you use it? If it's a matter of the heart, you can't just apply a formula, can't go out and buy it. You know what? You also can't pray for faith. What? What? The apostles asked for faith once in Luke 17. And Jesus' response was, if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, he didn't say, this is how you get it. He said, if you have faith. But he does give us clues on how to get faith, which I'm now going to unpack for you. Okay? But faith is not, agreement is not going to be needed in heaven. Once we're in heaven, we don't need agreement to, you know, be fully persuaded because we're already there. Okay? So the, the areas that we need to be fully persuaded in are while we're on the earth realm. Now, Romans 10, 17 says, you ready for the answer? Yes. The big clue, it's coming to you right now in the form of Romans 10, 17. And it says, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Okay, so faith comes through hearing. And when it's talking about the word of Christ there, there's actually a lot of references which I could spend a whole time on, which I won't, is in talking about the word about Christ, it's the translation is about the kingdom word. So often when the word of God is interpreted in the New Testament, we've often taken that to be just the Bible, but actually it's the kingdom word of God, which is, so the kingdom is the domain of the king, the king's domain, the realm of the king. So if you went into like the Queen of England's palace right now, if you went around her palace, everything there would be about the Queen. Everything there would be about royalty. It would be like the realm of, you know, the Queens. Does that make sense? Okay, so the kingdom is the realm of the King, the King of Heaven. 
So when we're talking about the word of Christ, we're talking about the kingdom word. So that can come in the prophetic, that comes through the scriptures, absolutely, and through all of those things. And if the prophetic doesn't line up with the scriptures, I'd like to suggest it's probably not quite matching up there and there's a problem. So you need to balance that all together. So faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Okay, there's a process to this. There is a process. What happens when we hear the kingdom word about Christ? What happens in us? How does faith come out of that? Now, Mark 4 is brilliant. It has amazing parables in it. And um, it starts with the parable of the sower, which talks about the seed being sown into, there's the rocky soil, there's the thorny, thorny soil and the great good soil. Okay. And it talks, it's talking about the conditions of the heart and how, um, you know, the kingdom comes into us, the condition of our heart and how we respond to that. That's a great parable. And then um, there's... There's a series of parables in here that really talk about the kingdom and what the kingdom is like. So what is the king's domain like? And he unpacks that for us in parables. In fact, Mark 4 is so important that Jesus actually says, if you don't understand this parable, then you're not going to be able to understand anything else. So it's pretty, pretty important. If you'd like the verse for that, it is verse 13 in chapter 4. Okay, but I'm going to go to verses 26 to 29, where it gives a detailed picture of the development of your faith. So verses 26 to 29, and it's, it's just a little thing called the parable of the growing seed. And you can often, you know, like everyone knows that if you grew up in church, you learned the parable of the sower and all that sort of stuff. And then there's this little one, the parable of the growing seed. And sometimes you can brush over it, but it's really packed with lots and lots of goodies. So we're going to spend our time on that. Let me read it to you. Verse 26. Jesus said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Now, honestly, for years, I kind of brushed over that. I was like, oh, that's nice. It's kind of a description of a plant. And I'm, you know, let's just say I'm not a gardener. When I moved into our second house, Jen Mansfield, who I've known pretty much all my life, gave me a cactus. This is a bit off track, but it's kind of funny, Um, gave me a cactus because she knows how bad I am at keeping plants. So she's like, I don't think you can kill this one. So she gave me a cactus. So of course, I determined in my heart, I'm going to prove to her what a great gardener I am. So I watered it constantly. And what did it do? It died. Because you don't water cactuses permanently, like constantly. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, no, I haven't killed plastic pens. But... The point is, this is one of those things I kind of brushed over. I'm like, yeah, sure, it's talking about a plan, and then I moved on. But, you know, unpacking this, it's really, really powerful. So what is this parable saying? Okay, the man in the parable who scatters the seed is man. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So basically, it's us. Man who scatters the seed is us. The seed 
is like the kingdom word of God. So it's the realm of the kingdom. That's the seed. You can look at that in the parable of the sower. You can look at that through a whole lot of cross references. If you need more information on that, come and see Tim afterwards. Great. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. The ground that the seed is scattered onto is the heart of man. It's the heart, it's the spirit of man. Okay? Right. So here Jesus is saying that man scatters the the word of God, the kingdom word, into his own heart and then all by itself, without him even knowing how, the seed grows. In fact, even during the night when he's asleep and even when he's awake. So this thing grows. And then when it gets to full maturity, then the sickle goes in. So first of all, let's talk about the seed growing bit and then let's talk about the sickle bit. Okay? Sick. All right. So there is a process to the word of God growing in your heart. It says here that when you sow the word of God into your heart, it will grow. It actually will grow. According to this parable... The seed becomes, when the seed becomes the full plant, so some versions talk about the kernel in the head like a wheat plant and some versions like the King James and whatever, they talk about a corn plant. Similar concept. Um, when When the plant is fully formed is when the faith is fully formed because we're told the process of the plant and then the sickle goes in because the harvest has come. It doesn't say, well, you know, it's growing, it's growing, but put the sickle in anyway. You would always wait till a plant is fully formed, right? Okay, so the fully persuaded in your heart bit that we were talking about last week, that fully persuaded bit like in Romans 4.21 where we were talking about Abraham, you know, he's 100 years old, he gets promised by God you're going to have a child. There's really no logical reason on the earth why he would think that would happen and yet it actually says his heart is so fully persuaded and he does not doubt that the promise came about, right? So that, that level of fully persuaded is when the faith is fully formed. So the fully formed bit is really, really important. This, so what does fully formed look like? This is where you clearly know in your heart who he is, what he's doing, what he's saying, and actually you see this thing in faith clearer than any other option before you. Even if, It's a thing that's like in your heart and you haven't seen it yet. And every other circumstance is saying, "Uh uh-uh. But because this thing is fully formed in your heart, it's more real to you than the things around you. That is the fully formed faith that this description is talking about. Okay? Now, this is a partnership. This is not about hoops to jump through. Now you're Christian. Now I'm going to give you a whole list of things you've got to do to jump through hoops. Any healthy, living, breathing relationship is a partnership, isn't it? Yeah. The partnership begins actually with us, with man sowing the word. I love it how God loves us so much, like we're saved, right? And then he still is so not controlling that we still get to be the ones to sow the kingdom into our heart. Don't you think that's kind of, that blows me away. He's just so not controlling. (laughs) He's amazing. 
Okay, so man sows it in. I want to suggest the bit where the seed grows day and night, even though he doesn't know how. I want to suggest that's actually the Holy Spirit growing the seed in your heart. So the partnership, I'm sowing it in. The Holy Spirit is doing this work in me. Now, sowing the word into your heart, sowing the kingdom into your hearts starts from the moment you encounter Christ. And this is, this is why we, we need community. We need community. We need teaching. We need the scriptures. And I'm actually very passionate about the scriptures because, um, I mean, we're a prophetic community and um, it's sometimes easy to go to the prophetic and I have a passion to see people really grounded in the word as well because I think that both are really important and I feel like the prophetic is more powerful when you're really grounded in the word. But this is all, all of those areas are scattering the kingdom into your heart, okay? You need this constantly. If you are not scattering the kingdom into your heart constantly, you're going to be scattering something else. You don't just like, well, I'm not scattering the kingdom, so now there's a void. No. If you're not scattering the kingdom into your heart, you will scatter other things because we are constantly looking at a screen or we are constantly looking at things around us and we are absorbing what the world is like. We are absorbing what to believe. We are absorbing how to react. So if we're not sowing the kingdom of God into our heart, then we're sowing something else. Ben Hughes put up a great quote this week, which I was like, oh, that's nice. I'll use that. It says, faith comes from hearing the word of God. Fear and doubt comes from listening to every other voice and every other word that doesn't align with heaven. Okay. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. That's the Romans 10, 17 bit. Fear and doubt comes from listening to every other word and voice. Who has sometimes had a moment where you're like, I'm actually pretty overcome with fear right now? And then you actually kind of switch on some worship or you do something like that and you just feel like this slow shift happening. Okay, the fear's starting to leave now. The The doubt is starting to leave and I can now feel God coming back into this. That's because we're scattering the kingdom into our hearts. Now, I said before you can't pray for faith, but you can, however, ask Holy Spirit to take the the stuff that you're scattering into your heart and take it really deep. We can ask Holy Spirit to strengthen your heart. You can ask Holy Spirit to give your heart a boldness in his word. You can ask Holy Spirit to really, really make that part of your DNA. Like I want the word of God part of my DNA because sometimes I still struggle with doubt. Sometimes I still feel heavy about some stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to remember this message. (laughs) It's a pretty good one. I'm going to keep scattering the kingdom into my heart because that's not to be my inheritance as a child of God. Okay, that's how we get faith. Scattering the kingdom into your heart. All right. Now how do we use it? Can we move on to the how do we use a bit? Okay. You all awake? Excellent. You're doing great. All right. Now, once the faith is mature, as in you've reached that place of full persuasion, who has had a moment where you've just, like you're having a memory where you're like, I know what that's talking about, that fully formed bit where I've just been like, yes, God, I know this in your heart. Who's had that? Yeah. It's pretty powerful. And you know, you know, you know. 
Once that faith is mature, now the next part in the story is the man, so he comes back to the partnership. Man has to put the sickle in. What is a sickle? Who does not know what a sickle is? Okay, a sickle is like a thing. Is anyone, do you want to like someone get a picture of a sickle? No, it's like an axe, but it's got these two really thin bits. It's actually very thin, but it's similar to... um, Someone can pull up a picture of a sickle. It's a scythe. I'm glad I asked that question because it is kind of important to know what that is. It's, like, it's almost like really thin, pointy metal thing and you go like this to dig up a plant. Oh, okay, it's that. Those on the podcast, Google it. Sickle that, put, um, sew that into your heart. Okay. It's a curved knife, but it's quite specific. All right. It's time for your faith to be released. Having faith fully form in you and doing nothing with it is pointless. Okay, You can be as full of faith as you like, but if you don't release it, then James 2.17 actually says faith without works is dead. So we have to put the sickle in. And now you all know exactly what a sickle looks like. I'm going to tell you a farming fact as well. So this is like this is upgrade, heading right into facts about farming. <laughs> but actually, this really, do you know what? I love it how God uses the little things. It was this thing that went click in me and I went, oh my goodness, this is so important. You ready? It's going to blow you away. Once the seed is mature, let me read that again, night and day, all by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. Once the seed is mature, the full kernel in the head, so that's like the seedy bit that's at the top of the plant, it is exactly the same as the original seed that was planted. Okay? Which according to this parable is the kingdom word of God. So, it's only when the plant reaches maturity that it's able to reproduce itself. Are you following? Okay. It's exactly the same as the original seed. It looks the same. It smells the same. It tastes the same. It is the same. And once it's reached the same, it can now produce the same outcome. Well, that blew me away. Because, like, that's the importance of your faith fully developing is then you can produce the same outcome as the exact essence of what's come from heaven for you that you've sown in your heart. So once your faith has reached the same as that word from heaven, we're ready to put the sickle in and see a harvest of your faith. Now, what does put the sickle in mean? What does that mean? It means praying. It means declaring. It means worshipping over. And we worship God because we worship God. Sometimes you're actually praying about something and you end up worshipping and it's actually like you're worshipping over something. It's also practical. Sometimes it's where you give. Putting the sickle in can be giving. Putting the sickle in can be going. But it's really specific. 
You know, when you go somewhere, because in faith, God's told you to go somewhere, you don't know, you don't like, oh, well, I don't really know where I'm going, but I'm going in faith. You actually do know where you're going by then, by the time you go. When you give, you give to something specific. When you're praying for a nation, you're praying for something specific. When you're praying for a family member, you're praying for something specific. When you're praying for healing, you're praying for something specific. The sickle is specific because faith has fully formed, okay? All right, now we've, we've been the one, let's go back to Genesis 1. We've been the ones that have been given the legal jurisdiction over earth. So this is the partnership. Like it is us, once faith is fully formed, it's actually us, we have to put the sickle in. But when we do, the Holy Spirit can reproduce the very essence of what has come from heaven through us onto the earth realm, which is pretty exciting. So we have to release our faith and having it fully form in us is so important. Romans 10.10 says, it's with your heart that you believe and it's with your mouth, sorry, it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you confess. Now, believing in the heart has to accompany the confessing of the mouth. Or it's just a formula. I'll say that again because I can see some of you are just like, oh. So believing in the heart, the full persuasion must accompany the putting the sickle in, the confession of the mouth, or it's just a formula. The confessing of the mouth must accompany the believing of the heart or it's faith without works. So they're really important together. I actually think this is one of the reasons there's so much disillusionment around faith in the Christian church. And I feel like this is probably one of the reasons that, you know, the world looks at Christianity as potentially a powerless group of people because we don't quite know how to fully form the faith in our hearts and we don't really know how to put the sickle in. Okay, and so this is really important for for us and for us actually seeing the plans of God manifest on the earth. So we're the ones with the heaven-given authority to release the reality of heaven on earth. I'm just going to read Matthew 18, verses 18 and 19, because this tells you how much heaven backs you up and how much authority you've got. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. And I spoke earlier in the year on the power of agreement and agreement together. If we come together and agree on something in faith, he basically says it's done. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. See, once you've reached that full persuasion, and especially the corporate faith is so important because then we're, we're agreeing together, then whatever you release the binding, I like to bind fear, I like to bind sickness, I like to bind all those things. Heaven backs me up. Heaven backs me up. You know, I've been around people before that are really manifesting a demon and um, and. At that point, I don't go into full-on yelling deliverance over them. What I do is, you know what, I'm actually a child of God and I carry the authority of heaven here now 
and I just declare peace. And usually they just go really quiet because you've brought in the authority of heaven over that and you're putting the sickle in effectively. Heaven will back you up. Okay, so we've got faith fully forming is super important. Yeah, that's how we get our faith. How we use it is we put the sickle in. We have to release our faith. We have to do something with it. Can I give you a few examples? Can we workshop it? All right, going to give you a few examples. A real um, life anchor verse for me, I always say to people, have your life anchor verses, like find the verses in the Bible that are going to be like your anchor, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and so one of my life anchor verses is Luke one thirty seven, which says, for nothing is impossible with God. And so I've been going over that for years and years and years. Effectively, no, I won't answer that because you're going to answer that for me. Okay, I'm going to tell you a situation and I'm going to try and tell you the very bare bones of these situations so I can get through a few examples, okay? Um, I was, this is a few years ago now and I was at like a retreat thing with a few other leaders and the people who were leading the retreat were, were friends of ours and um, I found, we found out at the beginning of the retreat that she had um, cervical, no, I think it was ovarian cancer, cervical cancer. Cervical cancer's pretty bad. It's not got good prognoses. And so, um, you know, whenever I hear anything like that, Luke one thirty seven is my verse. So when I heard it at first, though, you know, you're actually shocked by the news and you're like, this is really bad. So we were two days together. And by the end of those two days, I knew that we as a group had to pray healing for her. I knew that we could not leave until we had prayed for her and until she was healed. I just, I just knew it. I was fully persuaded. So at the end, we'd finished. We did, you know, whatever you do at the end of retreats and we're all packed up, ready to go. I'm like, guys, we need to pray. So I think there were a group of about eight of us. And so we all gathered around her and we prayed. We prayed, we, you know, prayed healing. It wasn't really that good. We didn't pray for hours. We just prayed. We're like, has anything changed for you? And she was like, I think so, I'm not sure. And so we, pray, we prayed about three times. And I just knew, so when we'd pray, and then she'd be like, yeah, I'm like, let's pray again. I knew we had to pray again. Like I just still had this thing, we've got to pray again. We'd pray again. I think we went through about three times. And then I just went, it's done. It's done. And she's like, I don't know what's happened, but I actually do feel quite warm. I feel warm. Now, I mean, there's no real way that she could have known right there and then that cervical cancer was healed. And she was due to go straight from the retreat, straight into hospital for a lot of chemo and all that sort of stuff. So it was pretty serious. Anyway, but she really felt like she was healed. And when she went there, you know, they do the tests before they start treatment. And when they looked at everything, it was all gone. Everything was gone. And she actually had the treatment anyway, but she really didn't need it. And she's alive and well today, and that's years down the track. But, you know, I knew that she would be healed. Okay, where was the formation of the seed? Where was the formation of the seed that happened in my heart? Yeah. So it was through the years, because it had been a life anchor verse, but then it was also during those two, over those two days where I knew, yep, this is going to happen. Okay, when did we put the sickle in? Yeah, when we prayed for healing. Okay. I mean, this, is, this isn't really a hard quiz, but 
but we'll just do it. I'm going to tell you a slightly different example. I'm going to really try and tell you the bare bones and it might be hard to understand, but we'll try it anyway because I was kind of like, will I do this one? I do this, but it's a really different one and so I want to share it. Through a long process, Tim was in full-time ministry um, and through a long process, Tim felt like it was time to let go of the salary of the ministry position he was in, but to stay in the ministry, okay? Um, And so that obviously meant that we didn't actually have a wage. We had three kids, a mortgage, you know, a few little things that you still have in the world. And um, it also meant our cars going. So we were going to lose our cars as well because that was part of the ministry package. Um, In that process... Um, Tim was at church one night. I'd put the three kids to bed because even that huge Josh there was like young enough to be in bed by 7.30 at that stage. And uh, there was actually this sternal... I'd never even watched 60 Minutes, right? And this 60 Minutes is on in the background. And this thing comes on 60 Minutes. Uh, Sorry, no, before that, um, someone... We'd heard that day someone had won $60 million in the lottery. And then on 60 Minutes, they had this um, story about Bill Gates and the foundation that he was running and all these things that he was funding and eradicating diseases in the world and just doing this amazing stuff because he was really wealthy. And so I'm listening to that in the background and God says to me, I want you to write down what you're going to do with $60 million. So I write this list down of what we would do with our $60 million. Anyway, and then um, during that time... Um, I had a stash of like $500 or something. That's pretty much all the money we had. And we're like, right, we need to get a new car. So we were looking everywhere to get a new car. Everywhere we looked, they were sold or gone. It just wasn't working. We were going to get the bombiest bomb you could find, but it was still a car and we were going to get it. It just wasn't working. Anyway, so then I'm worshipping one day and God says to me, it's easy to write down what you'll do when you have $60 million, but what are you going to do when you have nothing? And I was like, whoa. So we felt to, we got the $500 that we had for a car and we got the list that we'd written for $60 million and we felt to sow seeds. We sowed $50 seeds into the people and the ministries that we were going to give to. And we prayed over every seed and then we gave it to the person as a gift. And um, the short story is, in the weeks following that, the money that we gave away returned to us, I think, tenfold through random, random, amazing ways. We also gave away two cars um, after we got cars. We, gave, we actually gave them away. And God has given us two cars, okay? Because like the world says, keep stuff and do all that. And God says, just give and it'll be given to you. So we just gave away some cars and God has given us some cars, okay? So, so when in all those things, where is the seed fully forming? Where is that happening? Because this is a different example. Sorry? Yeah. Um, well, that's actually the sickle part, really, in the giving. Yeah. It was all the bits where God was speaking to us. Following the process of faith, 
going with his voice, going with his word, knowing that he says, give and it will be given to you, knowing that he says, I'll provide for you everything you need, knowing that he says, seek, the, seek first the kingdom and all these things. And yet following his voice, if we had not heard him say, give up the salary or give away the cars and we just did it anyway, going, well, that's what we should do because we're Christians, then would we get the same fruit? I don't know. I don't probably think so. It has to be a God word. Okay, so there are, there are different ways that God grows that seed in us and constantly being aware of his voice and his word backing that up and the prophetic words in your life backing that up. They all come together and then you can put the sickle in. But we couldn't have done that if our heart wasn't fully persuaded because otherwise it would have been very stressful. Okay, third one. Um, this is actually a little while ago, I asked Martha for permission with this. This is just like a month or two ago, really. And we were just in the prayer room before church. And um, I've been really stirring over that verse, Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you've received it and it will be yours. It's really simple. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you've received it and it'll be yours. So anyway, we're... I've just been stirring over all this stuff and we're in the prayer room and I was like, guys, we need to activate faith in the room right now before we come into our family time meeting. And um, Martha had almost not come to church because she felt so unwell that day and Hannah was not well as well. And so I was like, okay, well, who is sick? Like, let's pray for someone right now in the prayer room. And so they were like, yep, yeah, pray for us. And so we, we got around, we prayed as a group And I actually just said that verse out loud. I'm like, you know what? The word says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you've received it and it will be yours. And so we prayed and Martha was instantly, weren't you? Yeah, Martha just felt instantly better. And she's like, I'm so glad I came to church. Um, And then Hannah, the next morning, woke up and she was about to go to the doctors and get some antibiotics, but she was completely well. And, you know, the question I asked both of them when they said that was, when we prayed, when did you receive the healing? And Martha was like, as soon as we prayed, right? So before she felt better, she received the healing. Does that make sense? And then it was hers. I said to Hannah the next day, when we prayed for you, because she didn't really experience healing till the next day, when we prayed for you, when did you receive the healing? And she's like, oh, when we prayed in the room. And I'm like, yeah, you've received it. And that's the faith. The heart is in full persuasion. It's the only option you can see more than the circumstances around you. How much do we need this? We need this. I need this in my world. I can't walk with God without faith active in my world. I don't even want to. It's not only boring, it's really not any better than not knowing God, right? So having faith fully form in your heart is so important. So I'd encourage you to go over those verses. Okay, the test of our faith is if your heart fully believes what you've been saying. Now, the fruit of your faith is like you just get this confidence and this joy. It's like it's already done. It's already done and you get this excitement in you kind of celebrating as if it literally was already done. Yeah, it's a good thing. 
If you're not in that place at this moment, then let's be real about it. We don't need to, we're not going to fake it. That's not going to get us through to full persuasion. Keep asking the Holy Spirit, deepen the word in me, make it part of my DNA. I want to read you um, a word that Megan put up by Nate Johnston. I'm just going to go to it. So just, you know, hang tight. Hang tight. It's coming. Just ask God. like, Because I, I suspect for some of you there's actually a couple of things where you're like, oh, that there's some scenarios you're thinking through right now where you're thinking about your faith. And just ask him, what is he doing about that right now? Let him show you something. I've never found that I've asked God something and he hasn't wanted to speak. (laughs) At least he hasn't wanted me to feel unloved, you know. Like sometimes I'm not hearing the clear thing that he's saying at that time, but I do know that he's loving me until I hear it. Okay. Um, Let me just go to that. Here it is. What's happening right now for people? I think God is taking some seeds and he's taking them deeper in your heart and some things are growing. Some things are growing. If I'm actually going to read this out. It'll probably be a minute or two, if you need to go into soaking mode to focus, then do that. Or if you need to put your hand on your heart so you'll receive it, then receive it that way. Okay. He says, I've never been more challenged in my life to exercise faith than right now. Often it's the seasons that feel like mess that end up producing more than the seasons where you have your outcomes in control. Often it's the times that there are obstacles and impossibilities everywhere you look that God wants to reveal his goodness and his power the most. Faith isn't ho-humming in the face of opposition. As I said before, this is my bit now, it's not an ankleless hope where we suddenly throw out faith and we don't know what the option will, we don't know what the result will be. Faith isn't ho-humming in the face of opposition. It's taking a radical stance to be fixed upon the promises and the word of God and choosing beyond all evidences of contradiction that they will and must come to pass. Faith is the obedience to keep moving forward even when things aren't adding up, praying for healing even when it looks hopeless, continually sowing even when it doesn't make sense to, looking at the house God said you'd have even when your bank account is at zero dollars. It's dreaming with God even when you have had the wind knocked out of you, making plans for the future when all seems hopeless. It's continuing to put dinner out 
for that lost son that is yet to come home. It's praising and glorifying God in the storm and thanking God when doors close, knowing that the right ones are coming and that talking like there is nothing that can stop God's plan for your life. So like every day, it's like it's only a matter of time and moment between you and the manifestation. Stir up your faith today. Step into faith today. This is a season that your radical faith will unlock suddenlies and favour that you didn't expect. I heard God say to me, you are too, oh, this is a big one. I heard God say to me, oh yeah, that was my bit by the way. <laughs> I heard God say to me, at least it got all your attention. I heard God say to me, you are too used to being robbed, but I want you to adjust your expectations. Who feels too used to being robbed? He wants to adjust your expectations. Our vision needs to be upgraded. We've been living like we're in Egypt when we're entering a new promise. Circumstances are temporal and faith is the currency of heaven that draws unlimited resources and possibilities to you and causes the earth around you to encounter the God of the impossible. So faith is the doorway between heaven and earth. Faith is the doorway between heaven and earth in our own world as well as in the world around us. Let's shift from powerlessness and hopelessness and ask God to teach us again the faith walk that produces the very fruit we've been longing to see. Who wants that word planted deeply into their heart? You're going to sow it in? Sowing it in. All right, let's stand because I, I want to pray for people who've been feeling like they're too robbed, for praying for people like they've been feeling hopeless or powerless. At the same time, I feel like this is not a, you know, we're not going to do a message and now we're going to pray a prayer and everyone's just going to be like, boom. You know, this is a process that we've just read in Mark chapter 4. It's a process of him growing his kingdom in your heart. But one thing we can do today is we can say yes to the process. Yes, could you play something? That'd be great. Thank you. The processes of God, they actually feel really hard sometimes, but they have so much glory in them. Who has had something where it hasn't just fallen into your lap? You've had to come into a place of full persuasion and really you've had to contend for that in prayer, but then you've seen breakthrough. Who's, who's had that? How much more thankful are we when that happens? Yeah. All right. Who said they'd felt too robbed for too long? Okay. Let's put our hand on our heart. Because going back to that Elijah House stuff we've been doing with the heart journey, right there are some of the barriers that stop us from being able to be fully persuaded. And when you felt too robbed for too long, you start to believe stuff that's actually not true. And it's not the kingdom. So let's pray into that for a sec. Yeah, God, I want to pray for everyone here that has felt too robbed for too long. 
I want to pray for those who've almost come to expect that things are just going to be hard and things are going to be hard work. I've got to pray right now that your absolute love would just minister into their heart. That you would let them know they're your daughter, they're your son, and robbery is not from you. Robbery is not in your heart for your sons and daughters. Yeah. God, I pray that you'd bring up for them the decisions they made in their heart around that, where they decided they would be a certain way or live a certain way or speak a certain way. Would you highlight that now? You know, out of that, if you've just decided things like, you know what, this is just how it is. I'm always going to have this. I'm always going to have to battle. Then just give that to God because that's what he died for. God, thanks for your blood that covers that stuff. And would you just release your healing? Just release your waves of healing. Just going back to that word that Lisa um, spoke to us a few weeks ago and Tim shared. There are waves of healing for our church that are going to knock you back onto your asks. A-S-K-S, in case you weren't there for that. His waves of healing are going to heal all that hopelessness and powerlessness and it's going to knock you back onto your ask so that you can get right back into faith and be fully persuaded again. Oh God, would you just empower us by your Holy Spirit to see the impossible as nothing because we have you. Would you empower us to look at our own personal mountains in a way that you see them, not in a way that we've seen them. Yeah. God, I pray that you would stir up our faith, that you would grow our faith. You would grow us. You would grow the kingdom in our hearts. Mm. Thank you, God, that David, that slayed Goliath, was not like a one-off extra story we get to read in the Bible. But thanks that that's supposed to be us every day. Yeah, so God, I just want to release your anointing right now of faith. Yeah. That we would agree to go on the journey to not be satisfied. Not be satisfied for things not answered. Not be satisfied to not know what you're doing and what you're saying. We would not be satisfied to be doubting around and wavering around, but that we would hunger after the fullness of your heart so we can be fully persuaded. Yeah, God, I just thank you for what you're doing here. And I thank you that you say that he who has begun a good work will bring it through to completion. So I declare that over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you all come to the brewery with us for dinner, Why don't you turn around or turn to the person next to you and just pray for them that whatever God is stirring up for them around faith, that that would happen.
and pray now so that we can not move into our week and mean to pray and not do it. Bless you guys. Have a great week and see you at dinner if you're coming.